2: after my uh, transmission yesterday, decided it was done. It, it, it's retiring. <laughs> That's always a lot of fun. Uh, praise be to God. But uh, here's a good question. Is your child reading pornography in school? Do you even know what they're reading in school? It might be reason number 7,777 for considering homeschooling, which many, many families have embraced, especially over the last year and a half. Um, the lockdown pushed a lot of people, most people, into homeschooling mode. And uh, you know, and some of them have kept up uh, with homeschooling. They didn't go back, praise be to God. Today we're going to have a conversation not only around the devastating story coming out of Ohio about uh, a school there that passed out a material that encourages kids to write about pornography and murder, I'll be diving into that at 16 or at 15 past the hour. I'll be telling you about that story out of Ohio. But also at 35 past the hour, Christine Moradian is going to be on. She is a homemaker, a homeschooler, and the owner of Greystone Academy in Newton, Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about homeschooling, a Catholic perspective on homeschooling. What are the challenges? What are the reasons? Uh, what are the pressures that states are applying to homeschoolers around the world? I, myself, am a homeschooler. My family has been homeschooling now for 20 years. Uh, we're, we've produced uh, you know high school graduates, or we at least one, but we're coming up on our second one very shortly. So uh, we have a lot to think and say about Catholic coming and uh, Christine Meridian is going to be our guest today. So it's going to be a jam-packed show. Hopefully you can stick around for all or part of it, just to remind you, the second hour of Catholic Drive Time this week only is preempted, so... We will be on again at 9 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern. For those of you that can join us, you can always hang out on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Make sure you sign up to our email list. Maybe even consider joining our text blast list as well. That's a great way to stay in touch with us and get the latest information on the Catholic Drive time. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Janice.
3: Good morning, Joe.
2: Praise be to God. You ever have a, a significant car failure while on the highway?
3: Uh, thanks to God, no. But I can imagine my my husband actually has since I've been married to him, oh, his really? his car has broken down like five times. So Is he
2: blaming you for that? Or uh, the way you said that seems to suggest <laughs> that you're
3: to blame for his trouble. No, no? I just no? it's just for me, it's like, you know, I just I hate car problems. I think it's it's a it, it takes up so much time and money yeah. and so it, I think that's the part that I I'm not I I'm not a big fan of I mean no one no one's a big fan of a big coster time <laughs> time sucking you know
2: yeah experience or, or having to walk three <laughs> miles to get home yeah that, that mm-hmm. was fun anyway speaking of fun Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to you I just want to say I
4: love. Having issues, you do. Yeah, it's a great time. Um, mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite pastimes. Actually, is I try to uh, have as many car failures and uh,
2: just problems in general. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's fascinating.
4: What year
3: is your car?
2: It's an 'O six. But I love oh, my car. Okay. I love it's a Tahoe. And uh I love my Tahoe. So I'm definitely gonna have to fix it. Uh, I may have to uh, wash dishes at the the local restaurant or something mm. to, to pay for it. But still I'm going to fix it. It is a great car. It's the best Tahoe ever made, was the two thousand six model. Uh unfortunately. Except when the transmission mm. fails. Except for when the transmission fails. But other than that. Downside. It is other, the best car. Totally ever. other than that. Outside of that, one <laughs> major problem.
3: Mike, <laughs> my my, my my husband's driving a 96 car and nice. it's broken down five times and it's still going it's, it's still, still going <laughs> right there you go
2: yeah and you know the car uh, uh, we should talk about this said uh, something we should get a guest on uh the car business is taking a major hit right now mm. uh the chip shortages because yeah we're embedded with china in a big way thank you uh, general M- uh, millie for that uh but uh, because of the chip shortages new cars are like hard to come by Uh, Which means the the used car market is increased in price, uh, so it's not a good time to try to buy a car. So if you can keep your car on the road, that's the best thing to do, and... If you could uh, not have a car payment, that is definitely the way to go, mm-hmm. which is why I love my 2006 Tahoe.
3: Yeah, which yeah. is why we love the 96 car, because it's no yeah. payments. <laughs> no
2: payments. <laughs> All right. Well, praise be to God. Let's jump into our hour. We're going to talk about homeschooling this hour. Again, 6.15, I'll have some concerning stories to, to include a, uh, a giant list of, uh, of writing topics passed out in an Ohio school uh, that include pornography. Writing about pornography and murder and other things. Mm-hmm. We'll jump into that at uh, 6, 15, or 15 past and then at 35 past. Christine Meridian is going to be on to talk about homeschooling. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela.
3: Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice, and here are your headline news for this morning. From LifeSight News, a federal judge blocks New York vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Judge David Hurd ruled on Wednesday, quote, New York is barred from interfering in any way with granting with the granting of religious exemptions from COVID-19 vaccinations. End quote. Also from LifeSite News, an Ohio mayor has advised an entire school board to quit or face criminal charges for distributing materials for high school students, which a judge called, quote, child pornography, the controversial, the controversial document, which prompted 642 things to write about, which was distributed to high school seniors at Hudson High School in Northeast Ohio. From LifeSite News, Arizona Attorney General Mark Bernowski lawsuits argues that Biden's wildly unconstitutional mandate violates the Constitution. From Blaze News, SpaceX has launched two men and two women into space on Wednesday aboard a flight slanted to last about three days before all the civilian crew will splash down off the coast of the Sunshine State. From Blaze News, as the U.S. continues to experience a massive influx of migrants along its southern border, reports indicate that thousands of migrants are congregated under the International Bridge in Del Rio, Texas, waiting to be apprehended by U.S. border authorities. From Epic Times, New York Governor Kathy Houchu on Wednesday announced that state regulated child care centers across the state must mandate masks for children ages two and above, as well as staff and all the visitors. From Blaze News, while Pfizer and Moderna are pushing for COVID 19 vaccine booster shots, staff at the Food and Drug Administration are yet to take a stance. Citing a lack of verified data, FDA staff declined to take a stance on Pfizer booster shots amid lack of independently reviewed or verified data. Representative Ken Buck wants the U.S. military to be more focused on readiness and not wokeness and hopes to put an end to, quote, dangerous and divisive critical race theory, end quote, being, which is being taught to service men and women. From Blaze News, in response to a high number of COVID-19 cases among illegal immigrants and scarce medical resources, the Kinney Court leadership has declared a local state of disaster. Illegal aliens being transported through the state of Texas County has must show a negative COVID test to pass through. From Epic Times, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is facing an ethics complaint after accepting a ticket which reportedly was worth tens of thousands of dollars to attend the Meet the Gala this week in New York City while wearing a dress that read, Tax the Rich. From Epic Times, Los Angeles County, the most populous county in the U.S., announced Wednesday it would require proof of COVID 19 vaccination at bars, nightclubs, breweries, lounges, and related businesses. From Blaze News, Popular rapper Nicki Minaj lashed out at her critics on Twitter after she posted a video of Tucker Carlson on his Fox News, showing support support for her views on choosing to remain unvaccinated. She was being criticized by health officials for telling people to make up their own minds. Since then, she has posted a live video on Instagram exposing why she has chosen to remain unvaccinated and encourages her fans, her millions of fans, to. To do their own research. From Epic Times, Walmart is partnering with Ford and Argo AI, a self-driving car startup company backed by automaker to test autonomous delivery of groceries and other goods to Walmart customers in three U.S. cities and lastly from uh, Epic Times Chicago Mayor Lori on Tuesday introduced a new ordinance that would allow the city to target gang leaders by suing them and seizing their assets and these are your headline news for this morning god love you and have a blessed thursday
4: the saint of the day is saint Andrew Kim Taegon he was born on the 21st of August 1821 in Seoulmo dong in South Korea He was born to the Korean nobility. His parents were converts to Christianity, and his father was martyred. Andrew was baptized at the age of 15, and then he traveled 1,300 miles to the nearest seminary in Macau, China. While still in seminary, he traveled back to Korea to work in the missions and traveling with St. Marie-Nicolas-Antoine d'Avalu and was ordained in Shanghai on 17th of August, 1845, by Bishop Jean-Joseph Jean-Baptiste Ferrol, and who was en route to Korea as its new vicar apostolic. Father Andrew became the first native Korean priest, and the first priest to die for the faith in Korea. He was the leader of the Martyrs of Korea. He died by being tortured and then beheaded on the 16th of September, 1846, in at. Korea. It was canonized on the 6th of May, 1984 by Pope John Paul II. St. Andrew Kim
2: Taegon, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And now I am no more in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy in themselves. I have given them your word, And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself that they also may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Picking up exactly where Exodus 32 left off, or I guess better said would be Exodus 24, right? Because the golden calf is that line, that point where everything changes. Before that moment, the Exodus 24 moment was the moment of consecration, of setting apart a people unto the Lord. For what purpose? To be separate, to be uh, distanced from those sinners, those pagans? No to consecrate them for the purpose of evangelizing the very pagans that God saved the people from. That is the mission of the apostles, and that is this prayer. The wor- the very heart of our Lord for his apostles was not to save them from the troubles of the world, but to save their souls from damnation, but also to send them out into the world to sa- to save us, you and me. But as St. Christendom would say, to sanctify them, but they have to have good doctrine. Good and true doctrine. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's concerning us is coming up next. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products, ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to quote craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, gloryandshine.com. Thank you again.
0: The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Embrace Christ. Embrace His Word. And
4: if you stand for life, Oh my goodness, you'll put a smile on God's
0: face and he'll bless you. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore.
4: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro life organizations, offering their clients a faith based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Capital Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Christine Moradian is going to be on. She is uh, the owner of a of a school, sort of a hybrid school, a Greystone Academy in Newton, PA. She's also a homeschooler and homemaker, and we're going to talk about homeschooling, why parents are embracing homeschooling like never before. Um, coming up at 35 past the hour, and one of the reasons why uh, parents are embracing homeschooling like never before is from a story that comes to us out of the Cleveland. Cleveland.com is the website that's posted it. It's been posted to other sites as well. But here is the headline coming out of Cleveland.com. Hudson Mayor Craig Schubert, parents call for resignation of Hudson School Board. Teachers after students receive book of inappropriate writing prompts. Now, that seems very um, banal. Like, what does this mean? Well, there's a picture here. I don't know, for those of you that are joining us on the, the video live stream, we're going to put up the desktop image so you can see exactly what I'm seeing. But for those of you listening on the radio, there's an image of a little book that has what, will, what look, would look like a cover or the graphics of a, uh, of a notepad and a little pen. And the, and the words 642 things, to, 642 things to write about is the title by the San Francisco Writers Grotto introduction by Poe Bronson. I have no idea who Poe is. Uh, hopefully he's not the panda from the Kung Fu Panda series. Uh, but 642 things to write about. This is the title of the book. And I wonder if you could imagine what 600. What would be on a list of 642 things that high schoolers could write about. Well, here's the deal. As Janice reported in her headlines, uh, parents are, are livid mad. Especially when a parent found out what their high schooler was reading. Here is a sample of the 642 things that they could be writing about in their liberal arts class. Uh, How about this? Choose how you will die. Okay, okay, I could see it. And listen, I I could see writing about that. Contemplating, memento mori, remember that you will die. And so that that, I could see the benefit of that. That's fine. No problem there. How about the next one? Write a scene that begins... It was the first time I killed a man. Well, now we're getting into troubled waters. Now, of course, creative writing can contain these types of things. Uh, People who write scripts, for instance, novels, for sure. But do we really want our teenagers to be contemplating murder? I don't know. How about this? Describe your favorite part of a man's body using only verbs. Hmm. Maybe it's just because my mind's in the gutter. Maybe uh, the favorite part could be like the knuckle or I don't know, something more, the the nose. Who knows? So maybe I'm reading too much into that. Let's keep going here. How about this next one? You have a dream that you've murdered someone. Who is it? How and why did the murder happen? And what happens afterwards? Hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to have real issues with that, for sure. I don't want my children thinking such macabre thoughts. I mean... Uh, pretty pretty disturbing in my opinion. The very next one. You are a serial killer. What TV shows are on your DVR list and why? <laughs> uh, you want people to be thinking about murder quite a lot here, uh, but it doesn't stop there. The hits just keep coming. How about the next one? The Kill Fee. I, is that? Are you like an assassin now? Or like, what's the deal there? The very next one. Write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom. Now you not only want your children to be thinking about uh, murder, repeatedly apparently, but also sex. The very next line. Rewrite the, the sex scene from above into one that you'd let your mom read. The next one. You have just been caught in bed by a jealous spouse. How will you talk your way out of this? So now we're not only contemplating sex, murder, but now we're contemplating the immorality of adultery. Um, It's just getting worse and worse. How about this? Write a sermon for a beloved preacher who has been caught in a sex scandal. Boy, I think we could all write that one these days, huh? I mean, I think we've seen enough scandal within the church to be able to write a sermon like that. How about this next one? Describe a time... When you wanted to orgasm, but couldn't. Are you letting this sink in? This is in a school in Ohio, in a high school in Ohio. And somehow, someway, this was passed out to the students. No parents apparently were asked permission ahead of time. Nobody was, I was asked, hey, what do you think about this? The school board apparently uh, was negligent in the process, and it just... It boggles the mind that we are asking our teenagers about a time when they couldn't orgasm. Uh, The next one, 10 euphemisms for sex. The next one, you are a brand new suicide hotline counselor. Describe how you feel during the course of your first call. Well, um, I could see that. That one I could give a pass to. I mean, I think it's incredibly important work to, to be available to people who are contemplating suicide. And to counsel them, to talk them off the ledge, you know, to use a metaphor. Um, The next one. Write a letter from the point of view of a drug addict. Okay, I could see that. As a kid in school, as a part of the Just Say No campaign that uh, President Ronald Reagan uh, gave to us and his successor tried to keep going, I uh, was a part of an acting troupe that traveled around uh, schools to encourage kids not to... Uh, to do drugs. And I played the part of a junkie who died in a trash can. So I could see that. I can give that a pass. Next one, write a letter from the point of view of a drug addict. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I just said. Drink a beer, write about the taste. Now we want the kids to be uh, contemplating the taste of alcohol. (laughs) This is, this is just crazy. Here's another one. Write an X-rated Disney scenario. Well, one doesn't have to think too much about that because Disney will supply that stuff all on their own. So very, very troubling. Here's another one. A room full of people who want to sleep together. The next one. The first time you had sex. I don't know. I I, I mean, as a parent, I'm incredibly bothered by this. Um, But reason number 7,777 as to why parents should contemplate homeschooling. Yeah, this is on that list for sure. 100%. And I'm proud of the mayor, at least, when he caught wind of this. He's taking action. Uh, The Hudson Mayor, Craig Schubert, and Hudson High School parents are calling for the resignation of school board members and teachers after students in the school's liberal arts uh, writing class received a book of inappropriate prompts. Quote, it has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening, and she's already confirmed that so i'm going to give you a simple choice either choose to resign from the school board of education or you will be charged yay and amen yay and amen mm. um parents i think a lot for the most part are waking up we're seeing this in school boards after school board after school board meeting we're seeing the video that comes out all over the country parents livid at the stuff going down Project Veritas, just, what was it, last week, week before, um, did the undercover video of that school teacher. I think he was out of California, wasn't he? And uh, he, was, he was indoctrinating his students with very progressive ideas uh, to include Antifa. And he, he said, quote, he had 180 days to transform them. Well, when parents caught wind, they're piping hot mad, screaming at the school board. Uh, you know, and we see this all over the country. School is not a drop-off program. (laughs) You can't just drop your kid off and expect everything's going to be fine because everybody has your best interest at heart. That is just not the way it goes. And I think that's becoming more and more clear, uh, which is part of the reason why we're going to have a conversation coming up in just a little bit about homeschooling. Let's turn to the Pope. Uh, There was uh, an uh, interesting—he was on an airplane, and you know how how that goes on airplanes when the Pope's involved. Uh, Interesting comments come out. Well, it was a slight dig to Cardinal Burke, by the way, Um, unfortunately. But uh, the Pope also said, and this is out of Breitbart.com, the Pope said, Pope Francis told reporters Wednesday that the Catholic Church is intransient on the matter of abortion because it is murder. Boy, that is some strong language. Praise be to God. That is the kind of language we love to hear from His Holiness Pope Francis. Because it is Murder. Aboard the Papal plane, returning from his visit to Hungary and Slovakia, the Pope noted there is no way to sugarcoat the reality of the evil of abortion, since it means deliberately taking the life of an innocent human being. Regarding abortion, quote, it is more than a problem, it is a murder, unquote, Francis said, and quote, whoever performs an abortion kills, any way you look at it, unquote. That's pretty powerful. That is very clear, powerful language. I think it is great. However, the Pope also said, <laughs> commenting on the debate raging in America between bishops, priests, and lay folk like myself, uh, about whether or not to hold pro-abortion politicians who are Catholic accountable and by not giving them communion because they are uh, ardently in uh, denial of what the Church teaches on the sanctity of, sanctity of life— uh, the Pope also said, "Quote: We must be a pa- What must a pastor do?" The Pope asked. He answered, "Be a pastor. Don't go condemning." Um, he even said, "Quote: I have never refused the Eucharist to anyone. I have never been conscious of having a person like the one you describe in front of me." Unquote, and he's responding to, to uh, a reporter. Well, the difficulty in this is. Okay, great, so if we want to be as charitable as possible, if we want to be as fair as possible here, the Pope says we have to be a, they have to be a pastor. Okay, wonderful. um and I, I've said this before on the show. I'll say it again. Okay, great, so because this is a public scandal of a massive proportion, these are very famous public Catholics making these statements, totally in denial of church teaching. ardently so, a public response is necessary. And there is now a scandal element, so that the faithful now have a have a, a, a they they have a right to know what is happening and what is not happening. So, in the pastoral department, are these are these. Politicians being called in to the office of the bishop, are they meeting with them on a regular basis? Are they dialoguing? Are they having conversations around what the church teaches and why she teaches it? Why the dignity of human life is so vitally important for for the very fabric of society? Let alone the issue of mortal sin and people dying in a in a state of mortal sin that go to hell. Um, are those conversations being had? Because if they are, we hardly ever if ever, hear about them. So it's a one-way street here, and that's the problem with the pastoral argument. I'm not opposed to the pastoral argument. I think we ought to have great charity for these pro-abortion Catholic politicians that are ardently against the truth itself. Where is the love for their soul? Where is the charity for their salvation? We ought to try our best to convert them, to reconvert them, to change their mind and their hearts and their opinions before it is too late because the judgment is coming for every single one of us. Nobody escapes it. But the pastoral department, I think the pastoral argument lacks one thing. The public scandal requires a public response. And I think, uh, I, I love the statement of His Holiness on abortion being murder. But we need more firm stances on these pro-abortion politicians. And I think we've uh, tolerated the silence for far too long. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back for more breaking news and stories. And then we're going to talk with Christine
0: on homeschooling. It's coming up next. Many who live the homosexual lifestyle attempt to justify their behavior by saying their same-sex attraction is natural for them. That's to say, they didn't choose it. But is this justification reasonable? I answer no, and here's why. First, an individual's inclination or desire can't be the standard for morally evaluating human behavior. Such logic leads to the justification of any behavior, even ones we intuitively recognize as immoral. Second, the objection associates the term natural merely with an individual's tendency, as opposed to tendencies that are common to our nature as human beings. That's to say, those tendencies that belong to our species as such and target objective goods that perfect our nature. An individual's same-sex attraction might be independent of his or her choice, but that doesn't make it natural in the sense of giving moral justification to act on it. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
4: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Waterloo Bay Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela and here are your headline news for today. From Catholic News Agency, discussing COVID-19 vaccines during an in-flight press conference on Wednesday, Pope Francis said that, quote, even in the College of Cardinals, there are some deniers, quote, end quote. The Pope has described receiving COVID-19 vaccine as an act of love and has asked how has asked how it was it possible for Christians who are contrasting views to be united on one issue. From Epic Times a new report from Federal Reserve shows that US factory production has expanded in August though at a far slower pace than in July due to disrupt, disruptions related to Hurricane Ida still total industrial production in August rose above its pre-pandemic level From Epic Times Raytheon Technologies has announced on September 14 that it will require all U.S. employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by January. Also, a growing number of colleges will require COVID-19 vaccination for students who are looking to return in the spring of 2022. From Epic Times, Europe's record low supply of natural gas could see the rest of the world playing large heating bills in an effort to stay warm this winter. Experts warn a number of U.S. businesses are facing supply-crunch driven inflation and input costs say that they expect to pass on higher prices to consumers. According to the Federal Reserve, many businesses expect to raise prices in face of higher input costs. A new survey of nearly 45,000 employers in dozens of countries have shown that 69% of businesses have reported having a hard time finding workers, a 15-year high for the second consecutive quarter. Pfizer is eyeing an October submission of safety and efficiency data for its COVID-19 vaccine to U.S. drug regulators in a bid to gain authorization. For shots for children ages 12, ages 5 to 11 before the end of the year. From Epic Times, more than 2,500 people demonstrated this past week outside of the Mexican Supreme Court building in Mexico City to defend life and oppose abortion. Speaking with ACI Prensa, CNA Spanish language news partner Rodrigo. Ivan Cortez, the president of the National Front for the Family, said, We counted at least 2,500 people from various states of the country at this protest. Recently, an earthquake measuring a magnitude of 6.0 jolted southwestern China's province early Thursday morning, according to China's state-run media. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis said Wednesday that the Catholic Church is firm in its stance on abortion because abortion is murder and urged priests to be pastoral rather than political when faced with questions of who can receive communion. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Thursday.
2: Praise be to God in all things. Christine Moradian is joining us now. She is a homemaker, a homeschooler, and the owner of Greystone Academy in Newton, Pennsylvania, hybrid school. Good morning to you, Christine. Oh, uh, the, the infamous Zoom issue. Are you muted, Christine? Make sure you're unmuted. But uh, Zoom, it's always a thing with Zoom. I don't understand with Zoom, but we always ha- have that trouble. Christine, are you there? Well, let me just set this up for you while we try to work that out. as usually we have all these Zoom issues. Uh, Christine has uh, has been in the homeschooling world for a, quite a long time. Now, as we talked about in the last segment, there are a lot of issues that uh, families have faced, especially over the past couple of years—the year and last year and a half—where a lot of people went to homeschooling when lockdowns happened, and yes, some of them have. stayed there. Christine, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us.
0: Good
5: morning.
2: Praise be to God. Uh, You know, uh, there's, uh, we, 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 I used the story out of Ohio about this uh, book that were passed out to these high schoolers about writing ideas. And it's just appalling to see some of the ideas that were included handed out to to kids. No parent was asked their permission first. Um, Let's, uh, it, it, uh, this is, I've been homeschooling for almost 20 years. Um, Mm -hmm. What is the state of homeschooling now, Uh, especially in the last year and a half, two years? Well,
5: I'd like to address first the, um, the increase in homeschooling that we've seen that uh, seems to be in a response to the to the COVID uh, pandemic. Um, according to the Census Bureau's uh, household pulse survey, homeschooling households have held steady at about 3.4% of American households over the past um, many years. Um, but in the spring of 2020, when the pandemic was you know, starting to get uh, momentum, that number rose to 5.4%. Um, And then by fall of 2020, it had risen to 11%. So we've had a significant increase in self-reported homeschooling in our American families. Um, I don't have the exact numbers on Catholic households, but I would assume that that increase is is very similar, that perhaps those numbers have doubled among Catholic households, Um, but Mm -hmm. I don't actually have those those numbers. Regardless, we need to uh, consider what these numbers mean in the short-term and the long-term. There could be some noise going on in the data. Um, Many of these families might be homeschooling just because they have to right now. Their kids are out of school. um, uh, And many parents will need to go back to their public or private schools when the pandemic is over and the schools are open and they're mask-free. However, those are our statistics, anecdotally, and sometimes we find more truth in stories than in facts. I've heard that many families are surprised to find out how appealing homeschooling is. Uh, families who never considered homeschooling have kind of been forced into this, uh, forced into a, a, a slowing down their lives and staying home. Some, For some, this has been traumatic. Others, it has been eye-opening that I can do this, I can teach my children, and I have a better relationship with my entire family and the rhythm of the household, the rhythm of the year. Um, Some students who have been frustrated in school find freedom and a a new level of success in the the personal atmosphere of homeschooling. Uh, Some parents are finding they're able to adapt teaching methods for their students who might be overlooked in a larger group environment or frustrated. Um, Some families are finding the pace more relaxed than the seven hour school day and the three hour homework period. (laughs) Um, And many families are finding spending time with their children is rewarding and refreshing.
2: Yeah, amen. You know, it's interesting how people come into homeschooling. You know, I was talking to our neighbor who is fairly new to the neighborhood and they went into homeschooling because of the lockdown and and they discovered like you said a minute ago wow this is this is interesting we like this that we like the 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 change of pace and and uh, for many people, they have to unlearn the routine that were that's ingrained in us in public school and private school systems. For us, our family, we our oldest is adopted, and when we adopted him, he came from a very troubled background, and and we had a lot of difficulties keeping him in school, which forced us to consider homeschooling when we didn't want to. And um, and what we discovered along the way was he began to learn at an incredibly rapid pace. Whereas in every school we put him in, it was nothing but trouble. Uh, It was nothing but difficulty. He was labeled a troublemaker. He was labeled a a difficult child. And when we started the homeschooling process, not that it was easy, it was incredibly hard, but he began to read so fast and and just his his learning curve really took off. It It was amazing to see. But I think a lot of parents are feeling like, I can't. I, well, I'm not a teacher, I, I can't do this, but nothing further could be the truth, would you say, Christine?
5: Absolutely. I would say 20 to 30 years ago, homeschooling, Catholic or otherwise, uh, people were on their own, blazing a new trail, uh, kind of living on the fringe. But in these past uh, you know, 20, 30 years <laughs> that you and I have been homeschooling, um, so much has changed. And so much has become available to support homeschooling and specifically Catholic homeschooling. I, uh, I think you mentioned I, I, and maybe you didn't. I work with the Searcy Institute, a uh, organization committed to uh, supporting and perpetuating classical education in public schools, private schools, home schools. Um, so that organization alone provides tremendous support, and service. Um, and so, yes, there is uh, many resources out there. You know, for... Yeah, go ahead. We're
2: about, we're coming up to a break, but one of the things Great. I was just thinking about was some of the criticisms as homeschoolers we've had over the years, uh, you know, about our kids not, not being social enough. And I was just thinking about that, like all, because like even your school, like this hybrid school that you run, the Graystone Academy, I think of all the resources we have as a ho- homeschooling family. Uh, it, it, it blows my mind how many resources are available to homeschooling families these days. Uh, our kids go, they, there's like a, a hybrid, uh, program that we belong that we are part of and some of my criticisms are we're too social we're just too social i mean where's the bring back the home and homeschooling <laughs> that's my argument but uh, uh i am amazed at how uh how much opportunity there is for homeschoolers today we got about a, uh, about 30 seconds any comments on that before we go to break
5: yes i do you spoke of your own son that when you brought him home he excelled um you know the criticism is our students are not being socialized your son was being socialized in the opposite way at home he's with a, a variety of ages and a variety of experiences
2: amen amen hold that thought christine Moridian is our guest she is the owner of Greystone academy in newton pennsylvania homemaker and homeschooler we're going to have a conversation uh after the break i want to talk about uh pressures of states on homeschoolers all that's coming up next don't funny we'll be right back
1: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic view of marriage may be an ideal, but it cannot be a reality? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, it is an ideal in a diseased society, it is a reality in a healthy society. For where it is real, it makes society healthy. We know we cannot make a perfectly healthy society because while we believe in marriage and the church, we also believe in something called the fall of man, which also has an effect on society. But the point is that we believe not just in an ideal, but in something practical. Practical in the sense that we want to make something. We want to create Christian families as opposed to those who are always ready to destroy the family. Who give up on the ideal and give in to whatever is easiest at the moment. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you. Christine Meridian is our guest, and uh, she is the owner of Greystone Academy, a hybrid school in Newton, PA. Uh, there's a lot of great schools like that, similar similar to that. Regina Chaley being another one. Um, we belong to one local. I mean, there's just there's lots of opportunities for homeschooling families. We're talking about the the homeschooling in general, but Christine, I want to ask you about uh, your take on, on state's pressure and federal government pressure on homeschoolers. You know, some states are more friendly to homeschoolers than others. And uh, we happen to live in a state that's pretty friendly to homeschoolers. Praise be to God. But there are, there are some states that uh, don't want to allow homeschoolers to escape the kinds of things that they want to ensure are ensuring are happening in the public school system. Maybe can you speak to that issue, please?
5: Well, yes, um, I've lived in four different States as I homeschooled my children. So I have seen the difference, the tremendous difference in the support or the resistance that we get from different States. And yes, there's resistance. I think on the one hand, we need to stay vigilant to protect our freedom to homeschool and to protect our freedom to practice our faith. Um, But at the same time, there's a lot of support that these states offer. And at the same time, there seems to be coming more resistance. There's also a developing support that I see. Um, And and the states vary widely. You have to go to your state and find out. I would say resist the the, the uh, restrictions. Yes, we must do that, but embrace the support that your state offers. Um, Pennsylvania, for example, offers a state uh, high school diploma if you will just work with an advisor and and check off the certain things that the state wants, and you get a diploma, state certified. That is a fant- fantastic, fantastic. Offering from Pennsylvania. I don't know what other states do that, but that is tremendous for a homeschooler. You
2: know, um, a lot of homeschoolers have to fight for their rights at the state level, uh, even if even if those rights are on the books as laws, uh, they still have to fight for them. You know, we pay we pay property tax as as homeowners in this state, and that money goes to the local school district. My kids do not go to that school district, uh, but we continue to pay those taxes as responsible citizens. Dude. Praise be to God. Um, but you know, if our if I wanted my child to participate in band or in football or track and field or basketball, or whatever, uh, our kids have a right to do so. We pay for it. We pay for that. But uh, many of the schools uh, would prevent or block those uh, our students, homeschooling students from participating. So many homeschoolers are having to bring up uh, create their own sports leagues, their own opportunities, debate clubs and all this other stuff. Well, can you speak to that issue?
5: Let's see. Um, yes, even states that allow access to extracurricular activities in the high schools or elementary schools, or middle schools, um, sometimes the individual schools make it difficult.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Yes, you're allowed, but there's more restrictions on the homeschooler. They're kind of not accepted. Um, so these things, uh, and I do think a better solution is to create our own homeschooled sports events, debate events, um, there's a reason that we're homeschooling. And to be with the same people who are homeschooling, I think, is actually a benefit. Sometimes some some negative things come about when students um, go into these public school settings um, in these sports and, and music arrangements. Mm-hmm. However, my own son joined the jazz band at the local high school and had a very positive experience. Oh, good. So it can be can be good. There is the homeschool legal defense. Um, association that people can uh, appeal to, to help them in situations where they think they're not getting their legal rights that the state provides.
2: Are you seeing increased pressures? Do you see that? I mean, we, we've heard reports. I know we pay attention to them as homeschooling families um, to the reports that suggest that there is a, a greater uh, amount of pressure being applied to homeschoolers, especially in light of now the uh, pandemic restrictions and many families have gone to that way. Uh, do you see that as a bigger issue or do you think that we will sort of settle back into the, the norm that was, uh, prior to 2020?
5: Um, I think, I think we'll settle back. I think the pandemic has everyone on edge. <laughs> I think homeschooling has been brought to light and because so many people have been forced into it or have decided to do it. And so everyone's got their eyes on it. So the voices who disagreed are rising, um, we need, as I said before, we need to stay vigilant to protect our rights to homeschool. Freedom of choice of schooling is a valuable freedom we have in this country, and that needs to be protected. Um, I yeah.
2: I was going to say I have a question here from one of our uh, one of our viewers listeners today. It's a friend of mine, David L. Gray. He's asking a question, but I think he needs to. Uh, nuance it a little bit because I don't understand 100% what he's asking but he, the question is what is a sustainable percentage of homeschooling homes? Now I, I'm not 100% sure what he's asking behind that. Do you, does he mean that once we get to a certain number of homes it becomes a bigger problem in society or what is uh, the percentage of sustainability for, for homeschoolers to stay the course and, and, and see, see it yeah. through to the end? Because I'm sure that uh, just from that perspective alone there's a lot of families is it start and then quit? I mean, how, what has been your perspective? I, don't, on that? I
5: agree. I don't quite understand the question. What is the sustainable percentage of homeschooling families? In one sense, it might be saying that there is a limitation to homeschooling. And if everyone homeschooled, that would be a disaster. Which, if that is the question, I don't agree with that. There was a time in this country when we were pretty much doing that. And we were getting along quite fine um, that um, uh, schooling <laughs> wasn't organized by the government. Um, so what is a sustainable percentage? Um, and uh, yes, I, I, I don't quite, uh, I, I think 100%. any percentage is sustainable.
3: <laughs> I think, I think they're, uh, perhaps referring to the, uh, like the workforce, you know, if, if, if everyone homeschools, what's going to happen mm-hmm. to all the teachers and public schools, you well, know?
2: I think that brings up an excellent question mm-hmm. and a talking point that maybe we can dive into because, uh, like for instance, uh, Larry Elder. One of the p- points he ran on the uh, the the real uh, the uh, recall vote in California against Newsom was on school choice, something that's been hotly debated in our country now f- uh, for many years. Um, why can 't parents have more choice? They pay taxes They should be able to apply that those taxes in a way yeah. that gives a greater benefit to their kids. I often think of the inner cities and single uh, parent homes, you know a lot mostly moms raising kids working a uh, below poverty level job, having to send her kid to a terrible school with yeah. a horrific crime and other issues and low education rates. Uh, when she could might uh, have an opportunity to send her kids to a, a better school uh, with more opportunity, uh, but she is prevented from doing that because school choice is blocked everywhere. So I kind of wrote that in there. What do you say, Christine?
5: Uh, school choice is essential for um, the health of our nation. Um, uh, and there are, there's a right situation for every student, or, or several right situations could be, but we need, public schools have a place, absolutely. Um, private schools have a place. All of our hybrid schools and support schools have a place. Um, I, I think a good mixture would make the most healthy community and and the resistance to it. We just need to keep uh, standing up for, for our rights, as you say, as citizens, that we have the freedom to do this.
2: I like uh, you know it's the the exchange of, of, of ideas the, it's the the opportunity to have competition that breeds more excellence and I think this is what uh, David is getting at you know yeah. the idea that if enough people go homeschooling, it has this dramatic impact on the public school system, or even some private schools, to be honest. And at what point does the public school system face the music and have to reform itself? Um, Because this progressive move that we're seeing all across our country is seeing backlash. Parents are really waking up and going, this is horrible, I don't want my kids involved in this. And they're Mm -hmm. having to fight for their rights, they're having to make their voices heard, and uh, and at what point does the school system reform? I don't know if the school system does ever reform. What say you, Christine?
5: Uh, I don't. Past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior, and I have not seen it reforming in a positive way. They reform and reform and reform. Um, what... And we've been talking about classical Catholic education. What is wonderful about it is it's consistent. It's the same thing it's been for many, many years and will be the same if we stick to the idea of classical education. Um, It's the sameness which is essential. Um, I have had um, teachers I know complain about homeschooling because it is destroying the public schools. Well, like you said, the healthy competition is what is needed. Then improve the public schools.
2: Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> create a better product.
5: <laughs> exactly. Create a better product.
2: Now, we have, uh, I don't know, a couple minutes left in our conversation yeah. with you, Christine. Let me ask you a question. For those parents that are have been contemplating, because maybe they're waking up to the reality of what their children have to face every day in these uh, school systems, and, and they feel like their options are pretty limited, what would you say to parents like that? What would, you, How would you encourage them to consider homeschooling or even a hybrid program like the one you run at the Greystone yes. Academy? Yes.
5: I would say, you can do this. You absolutely can. There is support out there. Um, Find it. um, Be organized and create a a, a ritual or a liturgy in your home of your homeschooling, a, a pattern and a rhythm. I would have a couple of books that I think would be excellent for people to read to encourage them. I think the idea of a university by St. John Henry Newman, who we can now call St. John Henry Newman, um, and um, Beauty in the Word, Rethinking the Foundations of Education by Stratford Caldecott, these things can be very encouraging and help people define and um, shape their homeschooling.
2: All right. Well, praise be to God. Uh, we're just about out of time now. Uh, Christine Moridian uh, is the owner of Greystone Academy in Newton, Pennsylvania. Greystoneacademy.org is the website. Greystoneacademy.org. Christine, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. God bless you. God love you and have a great day.
5: Thanks so much, Joe. All
2: right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. God is so very good. We are enjoyed hanging out with you today. But uh, in the next hour, we launch our shareathon across the GRN again. It's just a special week. So again, a reminder a friendly little PSA to support your local Catholic radio station because that station that you're listening to is brought to you by you you are the power that makes it all happen so please make a contribution to your local Catholic radio station wherever you are we would be grateful but if you want to hang out with us we'll be back on the air at 9 a.m. Central 10 Eastern you can watch live hang out live at grnonline.com Forward slash CDT. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for Catholic Drive Time. God bless you. Thank you for
0: joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station.
1: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic drive time again
2: that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time
0: be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you
5: why do protestants not believe john 6 when it says that Jesus' flesh is real food and that his blood is real
6: drink I don't know. In Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22, Jesus says of the bread, this is my body. He says of the wine, this is my blood. Not this is symbolic of, or this represents. He says this is... In John 6, he repeats himself like he does nowhere else in Scripture to emphasize the fact that he expects us to eat his flesh and drink his blood and that his flesh is real food and that his blood is real drink. Anyone who says he is speaking symbolically and not literally simply is refusing to look at all the facts. Fact number one, the Jews took him literally. We see that in verse 52. Fact number two, His disciples took him literally, we see that in verse 60. Fact number three, the apostles took him literally, verses 67 to 69. If everyone who heard him speak at the time took him literally, then my question is, why does anyone today, 2,000 years after the fact, take him symbolically? Also in verse 51 of John 6, Jesus says that the bread which he will give for the life of the world is his flesh. When did he give his flesh for the life of the world? On the cross. Was that symbolic? If you think Jesus is speaking symbolically here when he says that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, then you must also conclude that Jesus' death on the cross was only symbolic. It wasn't really Jesus hanging up there. It was symbolic flesh and symbolic blood. Jesus is clearly talking about the flesh that he gave for the life of the world. He did that on the cross. Those who believe He is talking symbolically here in John 6 have a real problem when it comes to John 6, verse 51. Did Jesus give us His real flesh and blood for the life of the world? Or was it only His symbolic flesh and blood?
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.